everybody, Randy here. Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank one of our sponsors. That is our good friends at Precision Pro Golf. No Laying Up is brought to you by Precision Pro Golf. We're getting towards the end of summer in most of the country, uh, getting up into fall golf time, which personally, it's my favorite time of the year. And what better way, if you haven't gotten one yet, get yourself a Precision Pro Golf Rangefinder. It can help you in all facets of your game, whether it's lowering your handicap, improving your club selection, or simply just having more fun when you do play golf. Precision Pro's award-winning rangefinders give golfers a reliable number to the target, whether you're aiming at the flag or trying to avoid a hazard. Everyone here at No Laying Up uses the NX9 slope. It has all the features golfers love, advanced slope technology, pulse vibration, an embedded magnet built into the rangefinder so you can securely attach it to the cart. It's also tournament legal. So uh, if you happen to qualify for, let's say, the PGA Championship next year, you'll be in luck. And Precision Pro Golf measures more than just distances. Their new one-of-a-kind golf app offers advanced insight into your game that will help measure your performance and let you know where you can improve. You can get that in the App Store or Android Marketplace for the Precision Pro Golf app. Right now, our listeners receive $20 off the NX9 slope by using our coupon code TRAPDRAW, all one word. Go to precisionprogolf.com, use coupon code TRAPDRAW at checkout for $20 off our favorite rangefinder, the NX9 slope. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Trap Draw. We've been on a couple-week hiatus enjoying golf's offseason, but I want to welcome back, of course, my guy, Tron Carter, Mr. TC, live from the Kill House in Florida. How are we today? I'm great, man. Just uh, feel rejuvenated after after the long offseason here and, uh, you know, glad to, glad to be re- recommitted to the Trap Draw recommitted refocused uh yeah god just charge the batteries all the way up to full what a what a great off season um this week no let's just cut to the chase tc we're going to wisconsin Ryder cup week we'll get into all that got a great guest lined up but we have a lot to talk about before we get there where where should we start i think we got to start with you you played golf yesterday with uh yesterday or two days ago with poosh uh our our friend uh, Micah Pouchel from Iration rolling through Cincinnati. A um, little bit of a controversy though. Wouldn't, wouldn't give you the requisite amount of strokes. No, it was one of the more disgusting things. So, you know, leading up to the match, we're talking a lot back and forth and um, all the way leading up, Ginn says, 
Mr. Pooh should be giving me 11 shots at Hyde Park Country Club. Uh, he, you called him a vanity, so he was all pissed off about that. Exactly. And then, But what's weird is he even admits it was a vanity. He shot a 66 at Seoul Park like a few months ago. That's still looming over his handicap. Anyway, he wanted to only give me three aside, which is ludicrous. Uh, I don't know why I said three and a half. You know, maybe I was a little overconfident in my game. I, I think if Mr. Poosh were a true gentleman, he would have he would said, listen, let's let's go to nine. And as it turned out, there was there was again update to his handicap oh. the, the night before, which letter of the law, he should have been giving me nine shots. I, I bet uh, he was manipulating in another in another tour stop city on the way, you know, the way, he le- the way leading up to this. Yeah. I had to remind him to, to enter a score from Canterbury a couple nights ago. So he probably put in, you know, a, a high score. Anyway, I'm, I'm playing. I'm I, I've lost the match at the bargaining table. He jumps up on me five up at the turn. I battle back. Uh, just, just could not close the deal. So I, I do want to give congratulations to Mr. Poosh for besting me. Um, Four and three, as it turns out, such a close match. I can't stress how close it was. Uh, if he misses a putt on 15, I, I likely win the match, if not tie it. Um, For the listeners, to be clear, you, this was at Hyde Park Country Club in Cincinnati where you, where you grew up, a, a, a private course, correct? It is, it is a private course. Um, I did spend some time there. You know, I split my time all over the place in Cincinnati, predominantly at, at public courses. Little Miami Golf Center being being the prime one. Disgusting slander by you there, TC. Um, so yeah, uh, I this was this was just a civic match. You know, me, me and Mr. P have a big apology match slated for later this winter, where I will it was a little rope-a-dope this time around. This has fueled me for that match later on. Uh, but what made matters worse is I tried to treat him to Skyline Chili. He's never had it. And and I'm in the drive-thru line and he hits me with well, I'll just get a veggie burrito. And I was like, what? He's like, well, I'm, I'm a pescatarian. I immediately, I, I said, Mr. Poosh, we won't be doing that. And I pulled out of the drive through line and, and just took him down to his tour bus downtown. So I appreciate that. Don't, yeah, don't, don't give him any, any wrong, wrong Intel to work off of with, with Skyline. But I think the point of the matter, I mean, the, 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 the whole overarching point is, you know, Mr. Poosh, you know, you either believe in, in the Gin handicap system or you don't. And I was disappointed to see him. Uh, have some pride. Have some self-respect. And also, he, you know, you, you, I think you could have taken him to Skyline and, and given him a bunch of oyster crackers and cheese. We will be doing that next time as I stuff my face with conies and a five-way. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he was watching the Niners game the entire time with his phone. Oh, and he's like describing every play to me. Every play is the end of the world. Like Trey Sermon went down and he's like, oh, he just got his knee blown out. And like he had the mild concussion. Like Mr. P, come on. He's 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 such a fanboy overreacting to everything. But we had a great day. And then I went to the concert that night and they put on a great show. It's fun to watch. It's fun to watch Pooch Daddy uh, do his craft. Uh, Well, I was I was in uh, I was in northern Minnesota with Neil up in Duluth. And we were in Toronto for a night. Went to this outrageous lobster and crab like Chinese place. It was insane. This was in uh, Toronto or, or this was in Toronto. Okay. Yeah, we were only there one day. And then and then we we uh, flew out the next day. Uh, you know, I did all the COVID test stuff and got the, I drove around all over 
God's green earth on Monday afternoon, getting a, you know, rapid PCR test. It's such a fucking racket. (laughs) It's like 300 bucks. Like, it's like, come on. Um, Uh, This was, this was a homecoming. This was sorry. This was a homecoming of sorts for you. Yeah. Yeah. Spent spent a couple of years in uh, Oakville. Uh, It's crazy how, how much Toronto has grown. Just skyscrapers everywhere. It's nuts. Um, just sprawl, but, uh, but yeah, we need to get back up there next year to do some, some, uh, events and cover some of those courses. But, um, the, the theme of the trip was Neil, uh, he didn't come prepared. He couldn't find jewel pods. Oh my gosh. And so, you know, so we fly into, we fly into Duluth, Minnesota. Of course, Neil gets upgraded on the way. He's like, oh, I got upgraded. I'm like, yeah, you're welcome. I, your passport info did, did all this legwork for you and you're, you're not even going to acknowledge it um but we find it in Duluth there's no there's no ubers around uh we had to take a you know call up a taxi company get to the hotel and then he he walks or or he tries to walk down the street to a convenience store nobody's selling any sort of flavored jewel pods. It was like the tobacco flavored jewel pods, uh, desert duffer. And, and I stopped with him the next morning and he finally found some, but they were tobacco flavored. He was bitching about that. Neil's I guess a menthol guy. We all know that there's a massive, you know, massive crackdown. They've basically shut down everything except for, except for jewel right now. Uh, all the flavored stuff. So he, he was, he was all yeah. bitchy about that. Cool. Cause uh, the kids love them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, God, and then, yeah, we got, or, you know, I, I think it's, it's been a few weeks, uh, urban Meyer, a lot of reports coming out last week that, uh, he's already losing the locker room. Yeah. What's the word down in Jack's? Tell me what, what, what are they saying on the street? He, yeah. Well, like, first of all, first week, he, I think they had like 12 rushing attempts the whole fucking game. Carlos hides out touching James Robinson. Um, you know, just like terrible game flow. And then this past week. You know, I think I think Lavisca Chenault had had seven catches for negative three yards. Mm, that's tough. Which that's kind of a Clinton yeah. Portis line throwing a couple touchdowns. It was like it, like the O line looks terrible. Um, there's already reports, you know, that that guys are unhappy that he's he's riding guys on the staff too hard. Uh, all sorts of negativity emanating from Jaguars. Uh, HQ and then you know they they and they send out Chris Manhurts who they gave a, a sizable tight end contract to this this offseason to kind of dispute him and say hey you know he, he's all about excellence everybody's bought in here da, da 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 just you know I'm hoping he goes to USC or something like that but I I think he's got too much pride to to give up after just one year did you see the tweet that the Jaguars official Twitter put out with like the the uh the urban quote about I, i'll no. read it. it it says quote hang in there with us we're going to get better the one thing about jacksonville in the 904 go to sleep knowing there's not going to be any group working harder to get this thing flipped urban meyer god that's just you know you know what i i reconsider everything i said there randy bring it on bring it on the fact the, that they got their doors blown off by the fucking Texans, by the way, too, is absurd. Yeah. Well, and how about that? Um, the local reporter that got the exclusive from inside their house was tweeting <laughs> yeah. the, uh, the. That looked the, like some some uh, some some team read. 
interior decorations. That's exactly right. Yeah. There was a lot going on in there. A lot. That table, with all yeah. the pictures on it. That's wild. I've, I've heard Mrs. Meyer is a lot. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then, you know, I was flying back in yesterday. Um, there was a sea of orange in the airport. All your, all your Broncos people from out, out your way. Uh, they were, you know, just all, heard, all, all, all sorts of Bridgewater jerseys, you know, with his little ass hands. Nevish Teddy. God, he's putting up numbers. He's got the boys 2-0 and atop the, uh, the AFC West along with the Raiders. Life's good. Life's good for the Broncos right now. Although my guy Jerry Judy got hurt. I hated seeing that. Yeah, that was big, week one. Big game for Portland Sutton this week. Uh, Jackson, we've got the Kyler Murray uh, – Cliff Kingsbury coming to town. Oh, I mean, the Cardinals might put up 50. I know. I know. It's not bad. And then you got Bengals, uh, Bengals Steelers this weekend, too. And then Green Bay at San Francisco. Big one. Big one on Sunday night. So. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm getting into the NFL. Can't get into college at all. But, uh, you know, the, the Niners are giving me another team to keep track of. You and Poosh, you know, constantly – Writing for Shanny. Uh, they struggle a little bit in Philly. Philly looks frisky. I, I won't necessarily put that on Sam Fran. Philly's such an odd roster. Yeah. Like what, what Howie Roseman's done there, I, I can't figure it out for the life of me. Um, yeah, sorry about your Bengals, man. I mean, I'm kind of kind of my Bengals too. Hate, hated seeing was with the red rifle. I know. I know. It just was big letdown game. Uh Tried to get back in it late. Yeah, I tried to get back in it late and uh, just came up short. That's that's a bad loss. They're going to look back on that one and regret that one. They they you know Burrow's getting hit too much. It's it's not a good start for the O line yet, which I'm deeply worried about. Which I can just hear Poosh cackling right now. Uh, anyway, we'll see. Showing up though. Yeah, he's showing up. Um, I I didn't watch any of the Bears game because I was golfing the aforementioned golf round. So I, 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 I don't know what exactly, I, I don't think they threw the ball down feel. That was the one thing I heard until late. Um, just a lot of dink and dunk and they, they got to stretch the field. You got playmakers now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got, can we talk about little Kimmy? Or no? no, no. He's anytime little Kimmy starts bucking his head. It's a, it's a good week on the trap draw. Yeah. He, he was looking, looking spelt. Looking fashionable, spelt, tan, rested, uh, public appearances. Uh, you know, and, he shot, and then he shot off some missiles. Oh, I was gonna say, he fired off a couple of ICBMs into the uh, into the sea. That's always fun. Uh, you think he's dieting, or you just think he gets a lot of work done? What, what do you think, little Kimmy's regimen is? He might be sick. <laughs> he, well, he is you a know? sick guy. He, he's a <laughs> sick guy. So uh, uh, elsewhere in that, in that neck of the woods, you know, again, we're keeping an eye on the flooding in China. Yes. Um, yes. You know, there's course. been all sorts of damn failures, 20, $30 billion worth of, worth of flooding. TC, uh, I don't, I don't have to tell you it's a fluid situation. <laughs> very, very fluid. <laughs> Quite yeah. literally. Yeah. Um, God, what, what else? We got, uh, Nicki Minaj talking about her cousin. Sounds like a, a potential STD. Was it a cousin or a cousin's friend? It, it may have been a good question. Important yeah, it, it may have even been one removed from from the actual cousin. 
Um, good to see that. The, I think the Trinidad, the TNT government got involved. Um, I think the U S white house reached out. So good, good time resources well spent there. It seems like. And then last thing I've got on my list is, is, uh, you know, I just want to give you my condolences. Larry Elder lost uh, the, uh, Lost the recall election to recall Gavin Newsom. I know Alleg- allegedly, TC. Allegedly, I know. Uh, I know Larry Elder's, a, uh, you know, kind of a, a ideological twin of yours. Of, of course, you know, I was. I'd invested a lot in that recall race this throughout this summer. Um, that was a tough one for me, but I, I appreciate the condolences. I, I hope there will be an audit of the results, though, just to make sure. Can never be too. Can never be too sure. So, uh, no, but just, just a thank you to uh, people of Minnesota again. I spent a lot of time up there the last couple of years and uh, gets better and better every time. Gitchy Gumi was looking great this weekend, Randy. I got to get up there sometime. Yeah, I was sorry to miss it this time around again. Um, got to got to get that on my list. I, th- I think from all, from all accounts, great event. Try to run it back, right? Making an annual... Yeah, annual, annual deal. Two-man event? Yeah. All right. Watching um, Neil uh, try to read those greens was was a, a treat in and of itself. Um, all right. Well, we're going to Sheboygan this week. TC, did you know? Literally and, fi- and figuratively. Uh, yeah, we'll be there in person. Um, hand up. I never – I didn't know anything about Sheboygan prior to this week's episode. So this was the, always a fun one when you don't really know anything about a place going into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was cool to actually to, to uh, our guest is, a, is big in the van RV scene as well. So uh, she shared some best practices. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk, talk a little bit of cheese, talk a little bit of brats, sausage, beers, um, you know, just Wisconsin stuff. Just the important stuff. Yeah. Um, I would say we had eff- efforted Jackie Mason, probably the most one of the most well-known Sheboygan natives. Sheboyganite? Uh, Sheboyganer? I don't know. I don't either. I, I would say Sheboygan, Sheboygan-y. Let's see. I'm sure our listeners will let us know. Um, uh, I think we forgot mea culpas. Any mea culpas from, you know, I think there was a, there was a little bit of a brouhaha that broke out on the message board regarding uh, Pascal's uh, you know, say, saying that uh, ice cream and, and um, gelato are like the same thing. A lot yeah. of people took offense to that. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take up for Pascal because I think what he was trying to do was keep it pretty simple. And so it sounds yeah. like 90 to 95%, they are pretty much the same thing. And then there's some just key little differences along the way. And I think Pascal was trying to keep it simple for us. Um, you know what Sheboygan means in Native American terminology? Um, something with a river, maybe? I have no idea. A great noise from underground. Oh, maybe an underground river. I wonder Sounds what like, that refers to. You know, or maybe there's a big data center that went in. Yeah. You know, well, like all the whirring sounds. We'll have to ask around when we get on the ground. So I would, I would assume it because there's Sheboygan Falls in the Sheboygan. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get in the local scene up there. I want to I want to I want to get in a little bit. I, I, one day I may drive up to Door County too. It uh, looks beautiful. Yeah, 
and I think this time of year, God, it's going to be fall foliage everywhere. Fall it foliage might- is just starting. The first cool kind of night was uh, Friday night. Um, and you could tell some of the leaves were starting to pop up in Duluth. Yeah. I was going to say I was in Northern Michigan and last week and the same thing, just little sprinkles here and there. And I, and I think another week and a half, two weeks, it's going to be popping. Yeah. Hopefully we get some wind this week too. I want some proper conditions. It looks, it looks, um, it looks very autumnal. It, it looks like proper late September weather. It's going to be cool, crisp. I, I can't wait. I'm bringing a tent for you to sleep outside, outside of the RV. Okay. Maybe one night, maybe one night. Uh, all right. Well, Sheboygan, we, you know, I said Jackie Mason, that was kind of number one on our list. I, that was kind of about it. I, Anthony Martin is of course, uh, a famous, uh, escape artist. We, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least put out a feeler to him. He said no, unfortunately. So it kind of left us with only one logical choice after that. Really? We put out a, uh, put it on an APB for, uh, Herb, Herb Kohler too. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. Wanted to get deep in the faucet game. Yeah. But, uh, no, yeah, I'm trying to, like, I can't find anybody else that's notable from here. Yeah. No, that's it. Well, so what we did was Except probably our guest. Yeah. yeah. The, the oh, you know what? Rick Majerus. Rick Majerus. Oh, yeah. God, I would have loved to talk hoops with him. A little defensive philosophy. Yeah. Damn. So, yeah, that was a missed opportunity. Um, no, I was going to say we, we got Martha Nowsey, which if you, I hope you're not saying who is that, but in case you are, she's three time LPGA winner, including a major. The old, uh, what's now the Canadian Open, used to be the Maurier Classic. It used to be a major on the LPGA side. She won it in 1994. Sheboygan native, um, although I think she now lives in Minnesota. We'll get into all that with her, but she's going to be roaming around the uh, the cheese state in an RV. She's going to be at the Ryder Cup. So excited, excited to chat with her. It was fun talking to her about uh, the you know old school LPGA tour. You know, yeah. when it was, it was kind of a barnstorming, you know, just like the PGA tour was barnstorming, kind of more driving from tournament to tournament and RVs and all that. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, well, let's, let's, uh, TC, I, I, anything else? Should we dive into it? Let's dive into it. We, uh, and then, you know, we'll just let the people know we're, we got working on an airports podcast part two for this winter. We got some, some other perfect club stuff we're working on, um, you know, and then, We'll try to get to some weird locations too. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going to do some previews. It won't necessarily be every week. We'll, we'll get to some highlights, maybe some that we haven't done yet, but definitely mix in uh, some topic-based podcasts, some perfect clubs. I'm, I'm hoping to get a couple you know, off-the-wall interviews planned for this fall. So it should be a lot of fun these last three months on the trap draw, a little bit, a little bit more casual um, and, and maybe even less golf-focused if, if that's even possible. So, all right. Well, without further ado, here is our conversation with Martha Nausey. Before we get to that conversation, I want to thank our other sponsor for today's episode. That is, of course, our good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. TC, the world will be watching as the golfers head to Wisconsin and you and I head to Wisconsin. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving you a shot to land in the green This week, DraftKings is giving new customers $150 
in free bets instantly if you bet $1 on any golfer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook, this is the time, TC. Place a pre-tournament wager of $1 on any golfer, and DraftKings Sportsbooks is giving you $150 instantly. An offer like this doesn't come around, so sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in on all the action. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Listeners, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NLU when you sign up to turn $1 into $150 in free bets if you place a pre-tournament wager of $1 on any golfer. That's code NLU to turn $1 into $150 in free bets. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Winning paid out and site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We thank them very much for sponsoring the Trap Draw. And now on to our conversation. Joining us now on the line, I believe setting out for an RV trip all across Wisconsin. It is three-time LPGA winner, including the 1994 Major DeMaurier Classic, Martha Nowsey. Martha Good afternoon, uh, and I'm curious about this RV trip you have coming up. <laughs> uh, well, it's um, we've been sort of RVing all summer long. We have a little 24-foot uh, motorhome, and it's been our home away from home all summer. We've been all over the place. We usually drive it back and forth between Arizona and the Midwest, so we gave up our home in, in the Midwest, but now that's uh, that's the home on wheels. Gotcha. And will will your trip, will it coincide at all with the Ryder Cup? Will you be around Whistling Straits at all? Absolutely. Um, next week, we'll be up in Door County. And even though I lived, I grew up only maybe 60 miles from there, I really never went to Door County. So, so at age 67, birthday today. Oh my gosh. Happy birthday. <laughs> um, I'm finally going to go see Door County and then we're going to make our way down to Sheboygan and, and camp down in the Kohler Andre state park and uh, head out to the Ryder cup. That is fantastic. Uh, one other quick question. Did you see the movie Nomadland by chance? Oh yeah. What'd, sure you, did. what'd you think of it? Is it a good portrayal of, of the van life, the RV life? Uh, one portion of it, yes, for sure. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it uh, encompasses the entire RV living, but it definitely is one segment of of that. Gotcha, gotcha. I I hated the movie by by the way. So <laughs> he I, has an agenda. It's, <laughs> don't listen to him. So I, I need to get up to Door County in a couple of weeks. I've I've heard good things. I've heard there's some cool cool golf courses up there, and just kind of a a. Uh, a celebration of all that Wisconsin is about. Right. Well, I've been there for one day, I have to say, and it's sort of like being on Cape Cod in Wisconsin. So it's beautiful. So I'm looking forward to spending a few days there. Awesome. And Door County for the folks, that's the kind of Northeast of Green Bay. Is that right? The little strip of land that, that juts out into that's still Lake Michigan. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. Okay. It's a, a little peninsula that, uh, heads right out into the water. So yeah, it's beautiful. 
Yeah. All right. Going back to RV, what's your least favorite element of rolling around in an RV? Is it just having to find somewhere to shower and, and kind of freshen up or, or cause I'm trying to convert Randy to RV. <laughs> I'm too big. Martha, I'm, I'm six, seven, six, eight. It's just, I, I feel like I'm too tall for the RV life. There we are. did like 10 days in uh, California and I thought he was going to, I thought he was going to lose it by like day four or five. Well, they can be a little cramped depending on what you get. I mean, there are some really big RVs, but uh, you know, just the ones that are easy to drive and get around. Um, they could be a little cramped for six, seven. However, um, the worst part of it, you know, we have a bathroom, we've got a kitchen. It's, you know, probably the little bed. But um, if you're living in it, it's a little cramped. If you're just, you know, taking it from place to place and, and having a fun time going to see things, you know, it's worth it all. Are you always going to kind of RV parks and, and or that was a whole culture that kind of digging into that where, you know, like, like figuring out, I guess, Walmart is very RV friendly, <laughs> their parking lots, just right. little, little, little idiosyncrasies like that. Well, I mean, the best part is that um, there are places like Walmart parking lots or Cabela's, if you know, mm. that's those stores, yeah. you know, if you go and buy something at Cabela's, um, they'll let you park and camp sort of in their, in their back lot. Um, I have not done the Walmart thing. But when I was on the tour, actually, I had RVs. And so for 20 years, I lived in different RVs, 32 footer being the biggest one. Uh, but now we go to state parks and national parks, and national monuments, and they are beautiful. And because I'm old, they, uh, I only have to pay like half price. So I can, I can park for the night for you know $10 or something like that. It's just a lot of beautiful things to see in an RV. No, I was going to say, Martha, I, age is just a number. I just, you know, getting to talk to you a little bit. I, you know, I, I wouldn't call yourself old. No, I don't feel old, but you know, it is a number. So yeah, I mean, it is what it is, but I don't feel old. Good, good. And it good. shocks me when I even say the number. So, <laughs> um, TC, I gotta, I gotta have Martha power rank some, some Wisconsin cities. Well, I, well, before you do that, I was going to have okay. her powering some, uh, some, some national parks. Mm, that's Ooh. a good one. That's and, a good one. And national monuments. Cause I, I don't want to forget about the monuments or national lake shores or seashores, that sort of thing. Wow. So you want me to list a few that I really like? Yeah. Let's yeah. see. Power yeah. 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 Top, top. Uh, what should we say? Top four. Wow. Um, well, so many in the Southwest for sure, but there's a great, um, I like to go to the uh, ruins and find the, the native uh, ruins and petroglyphs and stuff. Chaco Canyon is amazing. That's in New Mexico. Huh. It's a national park. I think it's a national monument. And then uh, Bandelier National Monument also outside of Santa Fe is amazing. Um, I'm telling you out of the way places. Okay. Um, then I like Bryce's National Park at sunrise because the colors of the rocks and the sun coming up over the rocks, unbelievable. Really pretty. Um, hmm. Well, 
I'd say glacier, except I almost got eaten by a bear there. So, <laughs> and when I was there, I couldn't really see it. It was in the, the too much smoke. But I mean, you can, really can't go wrong. National parks, unbelievable. Tell us that story. I was gonna say, I think we need to put everything to the side and, and hear about how you almost got eaten by a bear. Well, okay, so um, it was there. We were there in the summertime. It was hotter than usual, and silly me didn't have quite enough water, and so I went on a long hike and came back. And I started. We were about a mile and a half from our parking lot, and. I was like, uh, I think I'm, I think I'm in trouble. Pretty soon my entire lower body cramped up and I couldn't walk and people were stopping and giving me water and, and electrolytes and stuff like that. And actually carried me to the shade because I could not walk and, uh, were stayed with me while I was recovering and I was just recovering enough to be able to walk a little bit. So back we go onto the path and right around the corner, there was a mother bear and three cubs and they were coming our way. Well, suddenly I could walk real well. I could run actually. And we turned and ran the other way as far as I could make it. And then, you know, the bear didn't actually almost eat me, but, um, <laughs> But it was scary. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Oral of the story, take more water than you think you ever need mm -hmm. and stay oh. away from bears. That, yeah, it was yeah. pretty scary. It's amazing. That fight or flight, though, was it just, I mean, pure adrenaline, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was just like, when I started walking after the recovery a little bit, that I was sort of like, ooh, 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 I can kind of walk. And then all of a sudden, like, bam, off I go. Yeah. <laughs> I can run now. <laughs> Uh, um okay wisconsin cities what uh and maybe maybe this isn't a power rank tc maybe this is an overrated underrated yeah yeah I, I, you know what i think that's an even better better uh scenario for these okay martha you just gotta tell us underrated or overrated uh let's start with we got to start with milwaukee um underrated okay there's a Good. lot of cool things to do in Milwaukee and it's a nice city. Yeah. Good golf scene too. From what I understand, I've never played golf uh, Madison. Oh, great golf course. Uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee country club where I took lessons all my life. Well, all my adult life. Um, one of the best golf courses out there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry, TC, you said Madison. Madison. Yeah. Underrated. Madison is, is a rocking place. And I mean, with University of Wisconsin, of course, um, that is kind of Madison and University of Wisconsin is amazing. So the city is cool. It's, uh, you know, they're doing, I was just there actually stopped overnight and in my travels and went and found brew pubs and, you know, they got the lakes and um, golf courses are all good and yeah, underrated. Okay. Uh, Green Bay. I don't know the city that well, but I do know the Packers uh, very well. So, and Lambeau Field is to die for. You know, if you're a Packer fan, you got to go to Lambeau Field. So, uh, the, the city itself, I can't comment on, but. Oh. 
Uh, God, I was hoping I was hoping we get an overrated. Awesome. No, we, we, we're gonna find an overrated here sooner. Sooner. Than uh, Eau Claire. Overrated. Oh. And why is that? What's there to do? Love it. <laughs> Love it. Uh, uh, the Appleton. Well, I'm gonna say I don't know how it would be rated, but I would say probably overrated. Uh, but I will say that there's a great golf course there, and I won the junior champ state championship at Butamore Country Club. So I can't diss it too much, I guess. Yeah, that's not nothing. Uh, okay, just a couple more here. Lacrosse. Underrated. Right on the river. It's beautiful there. You yeah. know, again, college town and um, some nice golf courses, but the the scenery. And there's a lot of good apples so you can eat there too. Okay. I like it. Um, all right. Last one. Let's do uh, Stevens point. Um, you know, Stevens point is nice. I don't know if I hate to be like underrated on everything, but um, <laughs> I did say Appleton is overrated. Didn't I? Yes. You did. Uh, uh, you Claire. Claire. Yeah. You could take it either way. Again, great golf course, beautiful settings. I think I just kind of like Wisconsin. Wisconsin Dells. Oh, yeah, over. Well, and, and can you explain what that is? Because I people have talked about it, but I don't really truly grasp what the Wisconsin Dells is. It's a tourist trap. It's like Gatlinburg or like Panama City in the middle of Wisconsin, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a you know. The dells are beautiful and, you know, if you like landforms and water and stuff like that, that's really cool. But it's so um, touristy. It's just not my, not what I like. Can I ask a really dumb question? What, what are dells? Um, are they, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm not, I'm not alone. I like, I don't know what I, I, I just don't understand any, any of the Wisconsin Dells. I, I don't know what it is. Well, I think they're just big cliffs. Okay. That it's like, all okay. like uh it's all um like post glacier right kind of uh like moraine, right? It's where the it's it it's basically where where all the lakes drained out uh you know after the glaciers came through, I think. Yeah, but I don't know that the glaciers flattened out the the Dells area. I think that they, the glaciers miss that, that area of Wisconsin. I could be wrong. Let's see. All right, Dell, landform. It's a, uh, a small secluded hollow, implying also grassy, park-like, usually partially wooded valley. So, that describes it. Yeah. Okay. And then this is all just like along uh, a river. Let's see, what river is this? Wisconsin The River's. Wisconsin River. Okay. And then there's just like a bunch of little resorts, I'm sure mini golf, you name it, just all, all, all in there. Yeah. I mean, I think their big claim to fame is they have these amphibious uh, vehicles that you can ride and, you know, you get in on land and then they drive into the water and they, they uh, chug along, along the Dells. Oh yeah. I've seen those. Okay. Randy, you, you would love it. You love shit like that. I, I I might like it. I might like it. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about Sheboygan then. What 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 do you remember most about? Obviously, you you grew up there. I guess how much 
how much uh, of your life did you spend in Sheboygan, Martha? Well, I, uh, my family lived there. I mean, I was there through college. I, I went away to college, but my family was there. So I always went back um, all the way until uh, early 90s. So I grew up there, born and raised. And then off I went on the tour after I graduated from college. But yeah, it's, uh, I thought it was a nice place to grow up. It was uh, quiet, but not too small. And um, yeah, it was nice. Some of the best nicknames I've seen for a, uh, a like a city or a town, the, the Malibu of, of the Midwest, the Bratwurst <laughs> capital of the world, the city of cheese, chairs, children, and churches. Yeah, that one, <laughs> that was kind of strange, but definitely the Bratwurst capital of the world. Oh yeah. We used to have, a, I don't know if they still do, a Bratwurst Day Parade, a Bratwurst Day where all you did was eat bratwurst and all the things that go with it. Um, but then they'd have a parade. And uh, that was kind of crazy. What time of year was it? Do you remember? Um, late summer. Okay. Yeah, I, w- I got to be the grand marshal of the bratwurst day parade after I won t- one of my tournaments. What an honor that is. That's got to be <laughs> that's got to be one of the highlights, right? That was pretty cool, actually. Going back um, to your hometown? No, I, yeah, that's that's, yeah, all, that's awesome. I was sitting on the back end of a convertible and, you know, waving to – it was actually kind of cool. <laughs> it was pretty cool because, you know, a lot of the a lot of elderly people, and especially ladies, sitting on the side of the street, you know, where the parade was going down and hollering out, way to go, Martha, you know, stuff like that. It was, I think it was the, after the first tournament, my first tournament win, so – you know, they knew about me playing golf, but I hadn't really broken through. So all of a sudden I did. And, and I got to be the grand marshal of this little local parade. (laughs) That's fantastic. And I didn't realize I'm just seeing that, um, Johnsonville is that's, is that the, the big brat like meat sausage? Uh, Oh yeah. Okay. Johnsonville brats. Now, um, you know, they went national after I left Sheboygan, but, um, oh yeah. So one year I had friends that grew up in Southern Wisconsin and they, we'd always have, you know, which, which is better Johnsonville or what did they have? Um, I don't even remember the other kind. So we had the open, the U S open in, in Sheboygan and friends all came in. And so we decided to have a broad off and she could make her brats the way she wanted and I'd make Johnsonville brats. And then we had a blind taste test for everybody and they voted, which were the best. And well, Johnsonville won. Johnsonville took it. I love Johnsonville. I get the, uh, the cheddar sausages with the, with the cheddar on the inside. Oh God, I love those. It's a great example of a, of a company that just, you know, kept the quality and the, and the uniqueness all the way through to being like basically worldwide industry leader. Right. 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 I um, actually knew the people that started uh, the Johnsonville brought company. Um, they, so they, we played golf together. And so I knew them, they were pretty, really nice people. So of course, if they hadn't tasted better, I would say they were better anyway. Of course. Of course. <laughs> 
but there's another there's in Sheboygan there's another local just just a local meat market called Miesfelds and they have pretty good brats too so anybody that's going to Sheboygan for the Ryder Cup uh, you want to maybe do a little taste test national brand Johnsonville local Miesfelds count me in I, I would I would like to do that. Well, let's talk about what who has a bigger influence the the Kaler not the Kaler Kohler Kohler company or I it, like does Kohler dominate Sheboygan and and was it that way when you were growing up? No, actually, um, when I was growing up, Kohler was just a little village outside of Sheboygan, and there wasn't a whole lot of mixing. Kohler people stayed in Kohler and Sheboygan people stayed in Sheboygan. The Black Wolf Run wasn't built until, um, I don't know, in the late 80s, possibly. So um, that didn't show up, you know, as far as a golf destination until maybe it was even the early, late 80s, I think. And then we had the U.S. Open, the Women's Open in 98 at Black Wolf Run. But, um, but. Sheboygan isn't dominated by Kohler. Kohler, because of the big courses and the big tournaments and all the things that they've brought in now, there's been a sort of a rejuvenation of Sheboygan uh, for all the fans that are coming in with, you know, more places to stay and, and restaurants that are, you know, a little higher level than just your little local mom and pop um, cafe. But um, so I think Kohler has a bigger influence on Sheboygan now than they did when I was growing up. Okay. Um, TC, what, what, what should we get into here? I think, uh, I'm just going in on this surfing stuff. I didn't realize it was such a, such a surfing hotbed for the great lakes. Well, I'm not a surfer. So, uh, and when I was living there, I don't remember, you know, okay. if, saw anybody who drove down past the lake and you saw anybody with you know with a surfboard you're like what are they doing <laughs> yeah yeah must, must be something new what uh from a let's talk cheese because oh, i feel like everybody you know first thing you think about let me think about is it just all cheddar or are we talking about different kinds of cheese here uh all sorts of cheeses um well, I got to be honest. When I lived in Sheboygan, I didn't like cheese. Oh, but since oh, I moved away, I tough. love cheese. <laughs> so, um, you know, just every kind of cheese there is. Really, there's the the Gouda and the Swiss and cheddar and Monterey Jack and Colby and uh, I don't know if there's much blue cheese making in the Sheboygan area, but. Um, Oh, the big thing when I was growing up were the little crocks of spreadable cheese on crackers. Yeah. I just feel like all we see is the is the cheddar out of you know you got uh, what the, what's that cacana? Uh, um, Those uh, are the crocks. The, yeah, spreadable. Yeah, but like just it's it's just all variations of cheddar, and then when you're up there, you see the you know cheese curds and all that, which I still don't quite understand what cheese curds. Uh-huh are or how they're, how they're differentiated from just actual cheese? Mm, well, they're the curds from when the cheese are, when the cheese is in the way or the curds in the way are being separated, but I don't really know 
how they become just curds and how that's like something that becomes a block of cheddar, but they are good. <laughs> oh, they're great. They're fantastic. Especially when they're, when they're fried or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, done up, you know, that way. So and you can tell, you can tell when they're fresh cause they squeak when you bite into them. Okay. What, so growing up like pre, you know, pre whistling straights and black wolf run and kind of that whole golf, uh, development, what was, what was the golf scene like in, in Sheboygan area? Well, there's a the one country club, the Sheboygan Pine Hills country club. And, and then there's several, um, public courses, river, Riverdale and town and country. Uh, but Pine Hills was really the premier course there. And that's where I grew up playing and learning the game. And I mean, it is a gem. It's really hard. Um, I don't know who designed it. I don't think it was anybody famous, but um, rolling hills, you, you know, you just don't get a, a flat lie. And usually, I mean, it was always in good shape. So, you know, the greens were fast and super undulated, lots of elevation changes. Um, there's, the Pigeon River goes through it. So you have the water features to negotiate, but um, it was an amazing place to learn to play golf. I'm excited. I'm supposed to play the, uh, supposed to play Pine Hills that Wednesday, uh, before the Ryder cup. I've, uh, a friend of ours, Andy Johnson just absolutely raves about it. He says it's like one of his favorite courses in the Midwest. Yeah, it's great. It's not long. Um, but it makes up for it by all the terrain and the undulations and the greens are very tough. I'm going to play Wednesday out there. Well, I'll probably see you out there then. Yeah. I got to, I got to get more details about what time we're going out and everything, but yeah, we should try to, uh, try to get a game or something. Well, I, I, I'm trying, I think I'm going to go out Wednesday morning. I'm not sure, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's fabulous. How how did you get into golf? Was it one of your parents, both your parents or, or some other impetus to, okay. Had love golf and, their first date was playing golf. So, um, it was, it was the thing we did in the summertime. And then, um, my mom was competitive. She played in, in tournaments around the state. And, uh, so she spent a lot of time at the course and practicing and playing a lot. And so, she would bring my siblings and I out to the golf course with her. And, um, we had a good junior program. So every summer in Friday mornings, we had junior lessons, group lessons. And, and then we had little competitions, you know, if you could only play three holes, you'd compete for three holes. And, um, we had a big, big junior program and we would play, uh, junior team play where we would go to other courses in the area and play against junior teams from their, those courses. And um, my, then I started competing because my mom was competitive and uh, started going out to out of town tournaments. And uh, my dad said, well, if you're going to go, you better take the girls with you. So my older sister and I started out going with my mom to these out of town tournaments. It just was what we did in the summertime. Huh. Uh, and then you, you went to St. Olaf College. 
when did when did professional golf become a you know become a realization for you that 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 was possible or is that something you always wanted to do no it was not um when i was thinking about going to college you know women's golf at that point was barely existent and you know i think i did talk to my dad about it and he's like well unless you're like the top players, you don't make enough money to even make it worthwhile. And, you know, so I really went to St. Olaf to get an education and do something with that. But then um, I got a degree in biology, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do with it. And I, uh, I had played state tournaments in, in Wisconsin and even through college when I wasn't really even practicing that much. And I was holding my own against the girls that were getting had, there were a few scholarships, but they had scholarships to Arizona or Florida someplace. And they were holding their own against people that were getting out on the tour and making it. So I kind of thought, well, if A equals B and B equals C and C equals D, I wonder if A equals D, (laughs) I wonder if I could, if I could make it, if I really practiced, because those girls were, you know, like I said, they were on scholarship programs and, um, practicing a lot and all year long. And I was just playing a little bit in the summers. So um, everybody says, well, why did you, why did you get started with it? And I said, well, I didn't know what else to do with my life. thought I'd give it a try. And uh, when I graduated from college, I practiced for six months and went to the qualifying school and, and made it. I was like, ah, what do I do? <laughs> was the adjustment tough? like kind of being thrust into that and saying, Oh my God, like I have, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Yes. Yes. It was because, you know, when I played golf, even in competition in through high school, college, it was mostly match play. And all of a sudden now I'm in these stroke play events and um, it was, and I'd never played more than three months of the year. So it's crazy. <laughs> I just wasn't like this golf nut. So you know, it's like playing full time, learning everything that I had to learn, traveling by myself and figuring out, you know, how to get to these tournaments and, and everything. It was a huge adjustment. Yeah. It took me about six months before I made my first check my first year. So how far into it did you, did you start doing the RV thing? Um, the first two years I stayed in private housing and at the end of two years of staying and being a guest of somebody else, all, you know, 35 weeks a year, I was like, that, that's enough of that. I can't <laughs> and and uh, I mean, not that the people weren't super nice, but you know, when you're somebody's guest, you just got to always be on and um, it got tiring. So there were a couple other gals on the tour that had RVs and I then stayed with them a couple times just to see what it was like. And I thought, yeah, this is the way to go. I like driving. I didn't really like the flying bit and um, not that, you know, I just hotels I, I couldn't afford. And uh, so I just, I got a little RV and, and I did it for 20 years. Ah, and, and, the schedule was it was it was it relatively conducive to that or were there some really long drives in there it was 
you know, it was set up at the time where we could drive. We would start out with a couple tournaments in Florida and then we'd have, I think, usually a week off and then we'd go out west and we'd play three or four tournaments out west and we'd usually have a week off and we'd drive back to Florida. And, but then we'd, you know, work our way up the East Coast and into upstate New York and down into Ohio and sort of go back and forth. And they had it set up where most of the time you could drive um, from one place to the next. At the end of the year, we would end up out in Portland, Seattle again. Mm -hmm. We generally wouldn't drive that, but um, yeah, now it's forget it. You can't, you would never be able to do it in an RV right now. Yeah. Can I ask you about that first win on tour? Uh, it was one, it was 10 years after your rookie year. Was there any point in those 10 years where you thought about, you know, what, what am I doing or is a win ever going to come? And then two, it, it looks like it was the, well, it was the Pat Bradley international. Was that a stable for an event then? It was your yeah. first win. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 10 years in, you know, I hadn't won. I'd had some top finishes. I finished second, third, I don't know how many times, but enough that I knew that I had the ability. Um, but I also, you know, I, the mental game was hard for me. I was very, very hard on myself. And um, just about that time was when sports psychologists were starting to get in the game. And I went to uh, Bob Rotella, who was really the first uh, big name sports psychologist. And I was like, you know what? I just feel like I'm sabotaging myself. I don't, you know, maybe have the confidence or I get freaked out when I see my, my name on the, the leaderboard and, you know, then I goof up. And, and so he, you know, we worked together for a little bit and he gave me some new ways to think of things. And, um, and I never, you know, I, I, I wasn't at the point of thinking, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I was just, it was a little frustrating because I knew I was close, but I just wasn't breaking through with a win. And um, yeah, so the first win was, it was, it was probably good for me that it was a little different format mm -hmm. because it made me get a little more aggressive with my game. I was always very cautious and you know, be careful and don't make a mistake and, and everything. And with a stable for, you know, if you were to make a uh, eagle, you'd get eight points, you know, and that was like, I'm going for the eight points. So I would just, you know, like take dead aim. And, and I ended up uh, almost every day that week, the field was cut in half and I almost missed the cut the first day, but I had to go through a playoff to get through that. And then the second day I was kind of near the bottom again. I just missed another playoff third day. I played well. And then all of a sudden it just, you know, came together and, um, yeah, I won. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then obviously your, your major championship breakthrough in 94, what, what sticks with you most from that week? Well, I mean, the biggest thing really was, um, in 92, I ended up in the hospital with a um, stress-related illness that put me off the tour for half a year and destroyed my balance nerve in my ear. I had to relearn how to walk and do everything. 
So that was in 92. So 93 was really a rehab year for me. And, you know, I just really wasn't sure if I'd ever be able to really come back and play top level golf. Um, so 94, you know, again, I was just sort of plugging along and trying to get my game back and get my body back. And, um, I wasn't playing well. And the interesting thing was, again, sports psychologist, uh, there was a guy at the tournament the week before that, the De Maurier, and he was, he gave a presentation on sports psychology and he came out and watched me play and we chatted a bit and I hired him to, to help me. And, um, I actually missed the cut the week before, probably missed several cuts leading up to the De Maurier, but he said, you know, just go out there and you know, act like a champion, no matter what happens, just act like a champion and, you know, do this, do that. And I played great. And yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable, really. It was such a comeback after having been off the tour with this illness for a while. It was uh, pretty phenomenal. What, what was the, the reasoning behind, like, like why did they get rid of the Dumarier as a, I mean, still the, it's the Canadian National Open, right? But like, why, why is it no longer a major? And, but Evian is, I just never understood that. Well, Dumarier was, um, is a tobacco company. Mm -hmm. And Canada had decided that tobacco, I don't know if tobacco and alcohol, but tobacco companies could not sponsor sporting events. I mean, Demorier was always the, the, one yeah, of the that's best. That's right. I, yeah, because that happened in the in the states as well. I, I forget exactly what year. So the so the the, the sponsorship money just kind of dried up, and they and they couldn't they couldn't put it on as a major anymore to that level. Right. Okay. Right. And you know that and then that not being a major meant the tour only had three majors, mm -hmm. and then the Evian was becoming a big tournament. That was just really at the end of my. They added, they added the women's British, right? Right. The okay. women's British had always been going on, but it had never been a part of our tour. Okay. And they added that. And then the, I, don't, I don't know why they ended up with Evian too, but. Well, yeah, what I've heard with the Evian is essentially to get the sponsor. I, I think Evian, part of the deal was like, <laughs> you're going to make this a major. And I, I think at the time it was like, we, we really need this event. We need the international sponsor. And so, yeah, they, they went with five majors. I never played Evian. That was, that was, um, I think De Maurier stopped in like 2000 and I got off the tour in 99 at the end of 99. Gotcha. Huh. Tron and I, uh, Martha, Tron and I were just in Toledo. It was our first Solheim cup experience last week. What did we you think? Uh, well, we awesome. had, yeah, we had an awesome time. It was absolutely incredible. Yeah, it was up there with any any golf event I've ever been to. Maybe maybe up at the, like at the very top. It was it was that fun. Right. Yeah, I was there. Wish we would have known. I know week week late. Inverness. The the course was amazing. Obviously, the weather. What what do you make of? Um, I, can you believe where the LPGA is now? I, what do you think are the best points? Or are, is there anything you think that it's about time? It's okay. What do you love most about the LPGA tour these days? And, and do you think they are, are lacking anywhere or areas where they could improve? 
Um, I love the depth, the, the level of play is unbelievable. It's just, you know, the international players have all come in and uh, they've raised the level of play, you know, and I think when the Korean player, when so many Korean players started playing on the tour, you know, there was the time when everybody was like, well, we don't know them. And, but um, they elevated the play of the LPGA because they were so good and they were so disciplined and, and so dedicated. And um, so the tour is, I mean, it's in great shape right now. It seems to me um, the money still, you know, I'm always going to be frustrated by the difference in uh, sponsorship dollars between the, the women and the men. Um, it has not gotten better. You know, if we were here, women were here and, and men were here when I started, it's now, <laughs> you know, women are here and the men are woo, way up there. So, you the, know, the, just, the difference has grown for, for folks. Sorry, people are going to be listening, but, but your, your oh, hand yeah, signaling sorry. is the, the, the difference has the disparity, I guess, has, has gotten larger, even though women's purses maybe have gone up, the men's have gone up right. even by an even greater amount. Right. Exactly. And, and that's frustrating to me. And, you know, and, and it, whether it's women's golf or women's basketball, um, you know, tennis, I guess is, is e pretty equal with, with men, but, um, you know, as a female athlete that's trying to make their living doing the same things that the men are doing and not being able to make the same amount of money is always frustrating. And, yeah. you know, what, what I don't, what, what is bothersome to me is that because the women don't hit it quite as far as the men, then a lot of people think, well, this can't be as good a golf. And, you know, that's just not true. I would argue in some ways it's better. It's probably better golf at this point, um, at least to view just cause it's, there's more strategy and there's more nuance to it. Right. Uh, you know, it's also interesting, like going back to 1998, like talking about the Koreans, like that was, I think, uh, um, say Repak, like 98 at, at uh, black wolf run. That was kind of the, the first wave. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She was, you know, they, she won the, the open there and you know, all the Korean players now say they watched, they were 10, 11, 12 years old and watched this. And Sari Park was just a national hero heroine. And, um, that was the start. And then, you know, the Korean, um, families all decided, you know, we want our daughter to do this mm -hmm. and off they went. So, yeah. What, um, what, what, what are you getting back to Sheboygan and, and the Ryder cup? What, what are some of your favorite restaurants? I, I know you haven't lived there in a while, but I'm curious if you get back and visit much, uh, what for, for anybody that's going to the Ryder cup and, and going to be in Sheboygan, are there restaurants, bars, anything that you would direct people to, to check out? Well, there's lots of bars in Sheboygan. <laughs> do Wisconsin or yeah, do, do people like to drink in Wisconsin? Is that a thing? <laughs> I, I think so. I think so. Um, there's a great brewery called Three Sheeps and they make their own beer and it's fabulous beer. So that's one and that's new, fairly new in the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so. 
it wasn't there when I was growing up, but um, if I can find three sheets beer anywhere, I always get some, it's good. Mm -hmm. um, if you like a good burger, there's no better place than to go to Sheboygan and get a burger because not so much the meat, but the rolls. Sheboygan hard rolls are to die for. And you can't find them anywhere else. Even if they say Sheboygan hard rolls, they aren't the same as a Sheboygan hard roll in Sheboygan. What makes it good? So, like, explain it's, it well, to it. It's like a French roll, but it's not as thick. It's got a crusty cover, but not, you know, not like you can't bite through it. And uh, sort of a light in, you know, inside. But the burgers, you know, you could go to Charcoal Inn. There's one on the south side and the north side. Schultz's, a little hole in the wall burger joint. They put all his butter on it. The, the rolls are warm. The burgers are pretty basic, but unbelievable. So if you want just a really good burger, Charcoal Inn or Schultz's. Any good dive bars or, or just, you know, just kind of mainstay, uh, been there forever? Well, I, you know, I can't remember the names of them, but go on Michigan Avenue. Okay. Between 8th Street and north of 8th Street. I mean, west of 8th Street. Um, Michigan Avenue. There's a lot of just real local bars. Okay. Perfect. And let's see what else. There's some nice... Like I was saying earlier with uh, all the big tournaments and things that Kohler's brought in, there's some nice restaurants downtown on 8th Street, uh, which is our main street. And um, there's some good stuff. If you have a place where you can cook your own fish, you got to go to Schwartz's and get fish from Schwartz's Fish Market. There's salmon fishing galore on Lake Michigan, and there's lots of charters. And I know somebody that was there for a weekend. Well, they were just north of Sheboygan, but uh, two couples and they came away with 140 pounds of, of uh, salmon fillets. Oh so God. if you like to go fishing, there's. Uh, I might like legitimately one of the days of the Ryder Cup. I might just rent a boat, like charter a boat and go fishing and watch some of the Ryder Cup from from the boat and, and then just fish the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, coho salmon, and and I think there's king salmon, not positive, but coho. They were uh, that's the big thing. Okay, and then ice cream. Oh you know, my I, gosh! I would, I would imagine you. having such a strong cheese culture that it would lend itself creameries and such to to you know very world class ice cream as well. Um, I gotta admit, I'm not a big ice cream eater. So uh, there there's a place uh, called Randall's. And they have custard. Okay. So that's that's the most I can tell you for ice cream. Okay. Well, we'll have to get our ice cream intel elsewhere. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the custard apparently is, you know, it's like Dairy Queen custard, but it's it's their own. Okay. Uh, as far as Whistling Straits goes, I mean, I know it's going to be a probably built out like crazy, but what's like, what's your favorite hole out there? What's your favorite, like, where are you trying to watch during the Ryder Cup? Well, I mean, honestly, um, I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to be able to see anything because the crowds will probably be huge and I'm not very tall. So um, unless I can worm my way in front of 
everybody. Um, there's, and I don't know, I don't remember the name of the, or which whole number it is, but there's a par three that you are right along the, the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, if the wind is blowing from the Northeast, it's a killer, killer hole. The green is actually built out almost into the lake and it's, it's a fabulous view. So and all of course, all the holes along the lake are really amazing. Um, I've only played there, well, technically twice, but once was the grand opening. I didn't remember, remember any of the holes other than I was at Whistling Straits. Um, and then I played there about five years ago, another time. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a fabulous course. So, you know, Bandon Dunes, yeah. right? Uh, I went out to Bandon Dunes for that was sort of a bucket list thing for me to do. And um, I was like, nah, I think Whistling Straits is better. I'd, I'd rather go to Whistling Straits and Bandon Dune. That's a, all right. You're going to have a lot of people, a lot of people <laughs> chiming in on that one. <laughs> I think. What's the, uh, what's the weather been like up there the last, uh, last little while? And what's it supposed to be like, like this time of year, is it, can it kind of go, go either way? It can be pretty placid it, it, or, or pretty yeah. windy. It could go either way, um, you know, being right up along the lake, it's always a little cooler than inland. I think it's going to be low 70s. Um, not sure, you know, I don't know if they're expecting any big winds or, you know, big any storms or anything like that, but um, I hope so. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I want to see some some conditions, you know. Right, right. Well, I have to tell you when um, the first time, well, I went out to Whistling Straits uh, with Herb Kohler when he was building it. And he was showing me around and and we got to the 18th tee and he said, this is the hole that I love. And they built the tee just right on the edge of the cliff. And he said, and I just pray for a big Northeast wind when, when we're on this hole because it's just, you know, blowing the ball all over the place. And he was pretty funny when, when we saw that. What's your official prediction? Are you team USA or team Euro? I don't watch that much golf, so (laughs) I'll be rooting for USA though. Okay. No, of course. John's a big Europe, Europe always has more fun. Exactly. Exactly. And especially, you know, even Solheim, you know, I went, I was there, you know, I've for the last five Solheim's been, been there as a helper. And, um, I always kind of wish I could be a helper for the, for Europe because they have so much more fun. (laughs) Uh, Amen. I got, I finally got Randy over. I'm a, I'm a European fan for both Solheim and, and, uh, Ryder cup. And, they're, they're just, it's just like more fun to watch. You can tell they just like each other and they're, they like being around each other and their friends off yeah. the course as well. Um, yeah, it was, we, uh, we had a, you know, I think, I think I finally got Randy on team Europe. <laughs> I think I'm going to try it out. I was really gutted that, uh, the U S didn't pick Phil Mickelson to play. So that might be the impetus to move to team Europe for me. <laughs> Well, you know, but then with uh, Steve Spricker being a Wisconsin guy, I got that's it, true. Got, yeah, you know, root for the home the home squad. Root, root for your fellow Wisconsin Golf Hall of Famer, right? Right, right, exactly. Uh, last thing we got to ask you before we let you go, Martha. 
what can you tell us about the grocery store scene in Sheboygan? <laughs> a piggly wiggly. You got to go to the, the pig. They have piggly wiggly, piggly wiggly, wiggly spot. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I only and, remember yeah, those. Oh, well, That's a throwback. When you're going to piggly wiggly, just head across the street to the charcoal inn and get a burger. There we go. Randy, we got like a whole, <laughs> whole thing. Just... Not too far from Three Sheep's Brewery either. I'm amazed Piggly Wiggly's up there. That's awesome. I, of course, I thought, too far from each other there. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of Piggly Wiggly's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it Meyer country too, or is it is it big big, uh, big Target country? Uh, no. How know. do like so so how do how do Wisconsinites assuming I think it's Wisconsinites right? Uh, yes. How do you view Minnesotans? Is it kind of two sides of the same coin, but you're very different or like, there's just a help, like a, a healthy rivalry there, or is it? It's a definitely, definitely a rivalry. I don't know how healthy it is. Um, but yeah, big rivalry, big rivalry. And especially when it comes to sports, you know, there's a, a border battle with the Wisconsin and Minnesota, um, sports all, all the way across the board. And, um, uh, Pretty much Wisconsin sports are better. So that's nice. You know, and I've lived in Minnesota for a long time, and it's it's really fun to be a Wisconsin fan in Minnesota because the Minnesota fans, they're, they get all, oh, we're going to do it this year, and they're all hyped up, and, and then they're, they really trash, you know, trash talk the Wisconsin fans until – they don't do so well. And then they sort of slink away a little bit and, and, uh, well, you're lucky because you have Aaron Rodgers, you know, or, you know whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, yeah. Professional sports wise, when you look at the Packers and the Brewers are having a great year, the Bucks obviously just won the title. It's yeah. It's a good time to be a Wisconsin sports fan. Do you root for but, the Badgers as well? Yes, I do. Okay. I didn't go to Wisconsin, but my uh, mom and dad did. And so growing up, we would go to the football games. Sometimes I'd get to go. But that was a big treat. Um, so, and I was going to go to Wisconsin. I was going to go to college in Madison. Um, didn't turn out that way only because I realized that Madison was probably going to be a little too big for me. And I went to St. Olaf a lot smaller, but um, which was a good choice. But I, I'm still a Wisconsin Badger lover through and through. Wonderful, um, TC. I, I, I can't think of anything we might have missed in all of Sheboygan, maybe even all of the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just, I just hope that Martha can can withstand all the all the Bandon folks coming at her. For yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Bring it on, people. <laughs> that's going to rile some people up, but she's ready for it. That's okay. I'm ready for it. Perfect. Well, Martha, happy birthday. Uh, thank you so much for taking an hour out of out of your, your special day to talk to us. And I hope, uh, well, you and TC might see each other playing golf uh, Wednesday, but if not, maybe we'll see you walking around whistling straights for the Ryder, for the Ryder Cup. Well, I hope so. This has been fun.
in Ziploc that Right on my waistline is why I kept that strap I remember nights, I didn't remember nights I damn near went crazy, I had to get it right